Welcome to Governing the Heartland, where we discuss the politics and governments that affect our day-to-day lives. Join us as we interview the politicians that sit on our school boards, manage our parks, and more. We're also going to feature some of the most important people in this process, the constituents of the community. Follow along as we delve into our heartland and what it takes to govern it. Oh, so excited about our guest today that I'm going to share with you. His name is Justice Horn. Um, you know, he's running to be a member of the Jackson County Legislature, and he's actually, he would be the youngest candidate that position has ever seen. He's going to talk a little bit about his campaign intermixed with some of his opinions on the Cerner deal, which is something we'd like to cover uh, just a little more closely. Um, As many probably know, Oracle, um, one of the larger U.S. companies, just bought Cerner. So as we kind of transition into these episodes to focusing on stories that we want to delve into closely, um, that's how we're going to get started. So we're going to intermix a little bit of justice and his campaign and um, give you kind of an insight into a local government candidate. And then we'll kind of focus in on that Cerner deal, which definitely rocked some of the Kansas City world. So, Justice, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being a part of this. I love to just start this off by letting you give a brief introduction about yourself. And I think in this case, it would make a lot of sense to just also share um, what position you're running for. Yeah. So, um, first, thank you for having me on uh, today's show. Um, I uh, really appreciate your really commitment to uplifting local issues because I think they're really important. And there's a um, there's some people who would like it rather people not be engaged with the process. So I think that's important. But my name is Justice Horn. I use he slash him pronouns. Uh, I am a lifelong Kansas City native. I grew up here throughout Jackson County from uh, Independence to Rain Valley to Blue Springs, where I would then go off and mm. college and then come back and start my uh, my career here in Kansas City. So I am also running for the Jackson County Legislature um, for District 1 to represent the many uh, Jackson County residents in District 1. So what neighborhoods that encompasses? Yeah, yeah. So Jackson County's first uh, district. Um, so the southern half of it is down uh, at the plaza. So okay. you that it travels all the way up from the plaza um, to uh, so its left side is obviously the Kansas border and its right side is truce. So it travels all the way up to Kansas city, all the way up through uh, the crossroads, through midtown, through downtown. Um, and then it stops at the river because that's where Jackson County stops. Then it then shoots up and takes in the historic Northeast um, to the right of downtown and kind of the heart of district one and then shoots around district two, which is our urban core and shoots way out to the, uh, the stadiums. So the chiefs in the Royal stadium. So district one, uh, is very much almost like an N it uh, takes the heart of Kansas city, um, our, you know, midtown, downtown crossroads, the plaza to the historic Northeast and then shoots out to the stadiums, uh, but stopped and was drawn to stop at truce and not to take in our urban core. Hmm. 
I mean, that launches right into something right there. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> with your kind of, uh, you know, clearly you have a really good understanding of that area. Do you have any theories on why they did that? Oh, well, um, they wanted to put, you know, our urban core and a lot of the black and brown community in one area. Um, I am, you know, would, you know, make a, would be a lot of firsts if I was to run this election. Hmm. Uh, not only would I be the first uh, openly LGBTQ person to serve at Jackson County, but would also be the first person of color to represent District 1. Um, it was drawn to be you know, primarily a white district that doesn't take in our, you know, urban black and brown voices that are East of Truce. So, um, you know, that's tough, definitely for me, but we still have a very big immigrant populations on the West side and especially the historic Northeast. Um, And one thing I do appreciate too about District 1 is we do have a, you know, active uh, white community but they're all very progressive. They're very open-hearted um, and very open to, you know, embracing their neighbors who may not be well off and who may not have, you know, uh, an upper hand like some of us may do. So um, although it doesn't take in our urban core, um, it has a really, a lot of good-hearted people. Justice, I respect your um, willingness to take on a fight a lot. <laughs> Good for you. Seriously. You know, I think young people running people that are affected running is exactly what we need. It's exactly what, you know, Jackson County needs. Um, you know, I, and I want to get a little into that, um, towards a little bit farther towards the end of the episode, but I, I just kind of, as we're doing this introduction space of you, um, I I'd love, you know, is there, you mentioned those three things in your platform. That's kind of, you know, your, your tagline, yeah. I'd love for you to go into, I just want to give you a space to go into that a little, you know, is there anything specific in your platform that you want to share, you know, action items yeah. or things you're really passionate about changing if you were to be elected? Yeah. So I would say without a doubt, um, the equity piece, um, Jackson County takes in a lot of communities from, Um, Kansas City, all the way out to the suburbs of Blue Springs and Lee Summit, all the way to out to eastern Jackson County and our rural parts. Um, I think equity needs to be an issue at Jackson County. And for us to understand that different communities are going to need different solutions. This whole idea that every plan, every solution is going to better community. um, And we may have the best intentions too, but if our intentions aren't in line with the community, Um, then, you know, even good intentions could be destructive to that same community we're trying to help. So from uh, how we collect tax dollars through tax assessment for lower income uh, Jackson County residents to how we distribute those same dollars, and as well as how are we uplifting um, organizations and people who are doing the work. So I think this idea of, you know, meeting the community where they're at and understanding uh, that we need to listen more than we talk uh, is why I think equity needs to be a pillar of Jackson County. Mm. Um, You know, if anyone has any dealings with Jackson County, it's through our uh, justice system. And it's usually the Jackson County Detention Center and the Jackson County Courthouse, which has not been uh, the best, especially the criminal justice system to 
people who look like me, people who live in our community. So how are we, you know, being equitable with how we are distributing even justice? Um, a lot of over 70% of the people who sit in the Jackson County Detention Center are innocent. Uh, I want to make that very clear. Uh, it is a da- Jackson County Detention Center, not the Jackson County Jail. It's very powerful. And it's, you know, with this show, we've done a lot of having people on to discuss, you know, a wide range of, you know, talk about all of themselves. And, you know, moving forward, we are going to pivot a little just because every single thing you just said, I think deserves an entire episode of discussion. So right here is where we're about to kick it off to talk a little bit about this Cerner Oracle, Oracle deal. If you're from Kansas City or any of the surrounding Midwest cities, you've probably heard about this purchase. Most people in the U.S. do know Cerner if they have any background in the medical system, um, have ever been a nurse or worked on any hospital floor. The tech um, is all over in that space. But Kansas City, it really knows Cerner. As in Cerner employees make up more than 12,700 Kansas City area adults. And Cerner's ingrained in a lot of our lives in different ways. I remember one of the first times I was ever at a pool was when my mom worked at the main campus and they literally had a pool inside the office, Um, you know, trick or treating there. I mean, it's just been for a very long time, one of these main mainstays, main businesses of Kansas City. And because of that, that purchase is is definitely sending some shockwaves around um, Background-wise, the company was bought for an all-cash tender offer of $95 per share, approximately $28.3 billion in equity value. Um, these statistics are all from an article that was released in Fox 4 Kansas City, um, which we can include a link um, in our show description if you're looking to delve some more into this research. You know, the truth of the matter is we still don't really know what this means completely for Kansas City as far as jobs, which I know is what most people are going to be majorly concerned with here. Um, We do know that there has been some negative reactions. Um, There is positivity surrounding it, hopefulness, I, I think, from some people. Justice in particular had a really interesting take on this. He doesn't describe it completely in his interview, but he had a Facebook post that went semi-viral. Um, just a brief quote from that is, we must show Oracle that having a headquarters here in Kansas City and growing is a benefit. If a business this size left Kansas City, it would destabilize our economy and lead to massive unemployment for a lot of our neighbors. So with that, you know, I want to really delve into Justice's thoughts on the whole thing. You know, here at Governing the Heartland, what we really want to do is just get issues to the forefront and get people more information about them from unique perspectives. So I wish I could tell you guys what the Oracle Cerner merger means to my community, but I can't. All I can do is show it to you from a unique perspective, and I think justice really does that. Let's go ahead and listen in. are going to focus on this episode a little bit about that um, Cerner and Oracle merger. Uh-huh. And it's funny because... You know, one of the great members of your team reached out to us um, about doing the interview and we were ecstatic over the moon. But that was actually before I saw your post on this, which was actually across a bunch of my Facebook feeds from friends and family. And so I was really excited to also get your 
opinion, you know, thoughts on it, because I thought your post was very powerful. And, you know, I think this is a way that we could get a little bit more information about the merger out to, out to more, more people in yeah. the area. Uh-huh. So, so what's yeah. going on? What do you think about it? Yeah. So um, it broke, I think the last week in December during the holiday season. Um, but uh, Cerner was bought out by Oracle. And that is, um, tr- that is a very big deal to not only people in the industry, but especially here locally. But there's also fear on what exactly this new merger and basically this new boss is going to do if there are going to be a, a mass exodus of unemployment or if they are going to further put resources here in Kansas City and keep Cerner here. I think there are a lot of people, including myself, that feel that Cerner should stay in Kansas City because they employ uh, the majority of our community. And, you know, they aren't big, you know, high paying jobs. There are a lot of the working class and the middle class here in our community. Um, And with my, you know, background in business and economics, um, if Cerner was to pull out, it would hurt every part of Kansas City's economy. It would hurt the average Kansas Cityan all the way down to the small business owner or even the arts uh, because people are having a, a, a decrease on disposable income where they can shop. They're going to tighten up their budget. They think twice on spending a little extra here or may not you know, go back to school and may stay in the work first, workforce. So it's going to do a lot, um, but with where I think our community needs to go, especially Jackson County, the city, as well as our region, is this, you know, ongoing climate crisis that, that's on its way. And mm-hmm. CERN has phenomenal engineers, phenomenal scientists, and phenomenal people who I think will be champions and who will be vital in us meeting that moment. So I don't want to see them leave, not only because they employ a big portion of our community, but we need to keep our talent here. That's also a problem with our community is we create talent. We educate a lot of people with our phenomenal universities and then they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, famous brain drain that happens in Kansas City. So um, I think everyone's watching this and would like Cerner to stay and further invest um, their dollars, especially Oracle and having a headquarters here and understanding that that's going to help all of us. I agree. Um, I don't have necessarily the the background in business and economics that, that you do, Justice. Do you know if there's anything that we can do to encourage them to stay? Or is it pretty much just in shareholders and corporate hands? I would say, um, and the community is a shareholder. Hmm. I, I think it is on all of us to continue to um, see how we can get involved. That is from sending letters talking to people you know who work at Cerner, but especially pushing your elected officials to see this as a priority. Um, I know that um, Cerner, you know, employs a lot of people and a lot of people have their opinion on them, but the worst case scenario is them pulling out mass unemployment um, as well as uh, that industry would fail here in Kansas City. Um, So I think we should do everything we can from social media sending letters, pushing our elected officials um, to even showing up at um, kind of future engagement they'll have, um, which I expect they'll do um, with Oracle. Thank you for touching on that just a little bit. That's definitely something that we want to cover. Um, Uh 
I, I, I do like to, you know, I'm what I do like to give people kind of at, at these episodes, you know, is there anything that you really want to share? You know, my job is to give a little bit more of a platform to these important local government issues. And yeah. I'm really excited to be talking to you coming from the lens of a candidate. So, uh-huh. you know, is there anything that you want to share about local government or about running for office or, yeah. you know, I'm just leaving the floor open because you guys are the experts and I'm just the outlet to, to get your voice out there. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, the most important thing, and it's why, you know, although I officially don't have an opponent and I'm uncontested right now, why we are, you know, taking interviews and being out there and being out front is because I feel that there still needs to be a lot of education done on what exactly Jackson County and county government does. Um, for those who came before me, um, there are some people who like Jackson County operating in the darkness and moving big issues without community input and making decisions without anyone holding them accountable. So, you know, I just think it's important for us to understand what exactly Jackson County does. Um, from Kansas City, everyone knows our mayor is Mayor Quentin Lucas. We have then a 12-member council, six in-district and six at-large members. So a 12-person council, including the mayor, is 13 members for the Kansas City Council. Then you then move bigger scale, the Jackson County Legislature, which I'm running to represent District 1, you also have six in-district representatives. So the county split into six districts that represent from, you know, inner Jackson County all the way out to eastern Jackson County. And then on top of that, you have your three at-large districts. Um, um, And I know you had one of them on your last episode, Tony Miller, who represents Mm -hmm. district at-large. So then that is then your nine-body Jackson County legislature. Then in the executive branch, you have County Executive Frank White. Then you have the Jackson County Sheriff and then the Jackson County prosecutor. So it is important for everyone to understand that you not only have one in-district legislator representing you, but as well as an at-large member. So everyone should know that they have two people working and advocating for them at Jackson County. um, And a big portion of our community doesn't know that. So that's why I'm running is also to make sure people holding me accountable, as well as their other uh, people sh- who should be in their corner. So that's basically Jackson County government and what they do. Um, wow, Justice, I have spent so much time trying to get a handle on the entire structure. And I think you just laid it out more clear than anything I've ever said. <laughs> so I'm so grateful for you for, I mean, that was, that was great. I mean, for me and for listeners, just laid out so clearly and having people in your corner. I love yep. that. And I do, I do want to ask, so when will we know if you do have an opponent, Justice? So um, I will file for the seat in February of 2020, of 2022 on the 22nd. Um, and filing will close March of 20, the March 25th of 2022. So um, you know, we'll see the ballot if I have an opponent. Uh, I'm guessing they will more than likely announce before then, or maybe they won't. I may not have an opponent, Um, but our primary election is August uh, of 2022, and our our general is November of 2022. 
So we still have quite a while to the actual primaries and the general, but actually filing and being on the ballot, it's a very small window now. And that's why I announced uh, May of 2020, uh, of 2021, so we could get out there, so we could get out there and earn uh, the support of the voter, as well as um, it was a wide open field, so we wanted to get out there. Yeah. Well, a lot of people we talk to, what they always come down to is, you know, if you're passionate, you should run, you know, you should run. So um, it's an honor to meet someone that's really taken up that mantle and said, you know what, I can make change and I'm going to do everything in my power to do so. So it's really been an absolute privilege. Appreciate you for having me on. Uh, Again, my name is Justice Horn and I'm running for the Jackson County Legislature to represent uh, Jackson County's first district. Um, I think it's long overdue that we have some equity, accountability, and uh, a more community-centered government at Jackson County. So um, my slogan is we before me, because wow. though I'm spearheading this, it's going to take a lot more than just me. So I know Justice covered a lot there. You know, clearly there's much left to be seen about what will happen in Kansas City with the merger and Clearly, there's a lot to be seen about the changes in the world, how Kansas City is reacting to them. What we do know is that young people like Justice aren't super happy with what we currently have, and they're running to change that. Justice's primary is August 2nd. He doesn't currently have a a challenger, but he most likely will in the general. If you are in Jackson County District 1, uh, we always encourage you to go learn about the people that are running and show up at the polls. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to rate and subscribe on whatever app you use to listen and follow us on Instagram at Governing the Heartland. Until next time.